board, which means I'm officially being charged by the hour. I had more of a <laughs> dig at uh, mutual friend Dr. David Lay, but today, Vicky, this is exciting. We finally very excited. We got her on the mic. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> we've talked about her. You've heard her voice ancillarily. Uh, Heather McPherson, marriage and family therapist, architect of the Sexual Health Alliance, which we're huge fans of. Heather, how are you? I'm good, and I, I love to hear that I'm in demand. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, we've had you on our list. Uh, fun <laughs> therapists that are open to these types of discussions are. Big, big in the, our fan community has been like, yes, mm-hmm. more of this. So, well, let's start there. Great. What do you do? You have a few businesses. We've mentioned the Sexual Health Alliance and their mission. Yeah. So I am a multi-business owner. So I have uh, Respark Therapy and Associates, which is a group practice in Austin and Denver. And we have 14 clinicians. And then I have a Respark Foundation, which is a nonprofit, which helps clients that are dealing with sexual harm and trauma that slides 25 an hour, um, which is great. And that's in five different cities right currently. And then I have Sexual Health Alliance, which is a wonderful training program and certification program for people who are looking to become certified sex educators, sex therapists, or sexuality counselors. And then uh, I'm about to launch uh, Practice Outside the Lines, which is a podcast that helps people learn about the business of sexual health and sex therapy, education, coaching, all of the good stuff, including stuff that's outside the lines, like an orgy podcast. There you go. (laughs) It's amazing. You're going to want to well label that because there's at least going to be 10% of baseball fans. They're going to be like, what's this about? Damn it. (laughs) I had a whole vision, but swing they'll come for the baseball. They'll stay. They'll stay. All right. Well, Eight episodes in. Well, very cool. So you're you're busy and you're often, it sounds like, in this mode of either coaching people that are in the field or talking to people directly about it. Correct. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy all the different complexities of every business. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to be in this field. Yeah, and... I just reading directly from your psychology today profile, which I am, but I'm, I'm quoting it. I'm citing it. <laughs> I, I, I just want to read a line cause it, it leads well into today's topic. Issues can include communication, fear of sex, relationship conflicts, dot, dot, dot. And you name quite a few, but I think fear of sex <laughs> is what stokes the flames of the kink orgy. A whole different beast. Fear of sex and kind of everything that goes along. Yeah, and kink gets rolled up. So we're doing a whole feature on kink. And Heather, I guess this is where we start. Kink is div- it's divisive off the top because of some deep connotation, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, it, there's there's a lot of misconceptions about people who are kinky or practice BDSM. And the media doesn't really help um, alleviate those misconceptions. Every 70s silly serial so killer, like we're big into true crime. Have you noticed if you were a serial killer, <laughs> yeah. 70s through 90s, it was big because of your BDSM habit. It's a part of it. It's yep. mentioned. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that's what we noticed off the bat. But truthfully, 
I guess this gets to the other side. I think there's a little bit of healthy fear because if you go to the dungeon and you see some things that maybe you're not prepared for, and this gets us into part two, kink's pretty vast. That's that's an understatement, right? It has levels. Yeah. I'll, th- yeah, I'll throw I that mean, to you. you. List your kink. <laughs> What's out there? Yeah, there is a lot underneath the umbrella of kink that covers wide sexual practices that are considered by society outside the quote-unquote norm, whatever the fuck that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, you know, it, it, the term BDSM is, um, it includes consensual bondage uh, for the B, discipline for the D, or dominance, uh, and then for the S, submission and sadism and masochism. So there's a wide range of activities and interests that fall underneath all of those categories. Um, which also falls underneath the category of kink, the umbrella category of kink. That's well, and, uh, you, that's well explained. Go on. Yeah, You're crushing it. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned, I just want to make a note, you mentioned, uh, you know, it, it's healthy fear. You know, you should probably know your stuff before you go into a dungeon and, and get some education. Kinksters are notorious, notorious for self-education. Um, so that's a good thing to make sure you know your stuff before you put your, put yourself in a, in an environment like that. But there's also healthy fear that's kind of fun and kinksters like to play with fear sometimes, of, of course, when it's consensual. So, you know, that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg whenever you talk about this entire, uh, community. Yeah. Iceberg's a good metaphor because even as we begin to try and define this topic and it's the hardest and we're not gonna try and define anything with kink. And I think that's smart after our limited training, but kink (laughs) is like anything else. It has such a vastness that where gangbangs have very specific sort of aisles or toys has a, like a swinger type vibe or very applicably to kink. Kink is such a dynamic base, which I think makes it harder to find group sex situations for. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a it's a wide range of activities, and uh, you know, a lot of the people who identify as kinksters, uh, definitely not all of them, but many of them will also identify as open, considering like open relationship or a poly relationship, because they will engage in kinky activities outside of their relationship. So um, there's a lot of uh, group sex, but they don't they're not technically considering that sex because it's kink, right? I mean, as a sex therapist, I kind of have an umbrella term of sex as well that includes anything that's that's touch, right? But to many people, they look at it as um, an orgasm or penis and vagina sex or something else. Mm -hmm. And, um, And to kinksters, uh, this can include any type of play. So sex could include any type of play, which is then kink. So there's a lot of people who are in um, other structured relationships that aren't monogamous that are playing with other people and having, you know, threesomes and foursomes, but they're not engaging in explicit sexual activities. It's kinky activities, which could also be sexually explicit, but not in the same way that most people think, if that makes sense. It, it Absolutely, does. yeah. And one of the differences, I'll tell you, I had a dom tell me fervently. She and I were, we were just comparing notes as kinky doms are want to do. 
and she was adamant any orgasm was like against her dominance so she really kept it in prize and i was kind of like taken aback because she's like oh if you come you're not even a dom to me it's like well love it harsh but love it (laughs) so (laughs) it goes a lot of directions and to your point sometimes it includes orgasm sometimes it's really much more about the situation well, and that's what's so cool about this community is that they're, everyone makes up their own definitions and their own, um, you know, language for it. And that's why it's so important as a, you know, I'm a certified sex therapist in my practice. That's why it's so important um, for us to ask the client what, what they mean by kink or what they mean by sex um, or what they mean by getting spanked, you know, during sex. That's great advice um, in general. When someone <laughs> says they're kinky, especially for you people under 25, I feel like the older you get, you're more like, what do you mean? But that's a good question. So you say spanked. Yeah. Scale Where me here. and how hard? How many people would you say you've spanked? Like, yeah, that's great. Good advice off the bat. Well, and what's the purpose of it? Um, what are you hoping to get out of it? You know, what are you hoping to feel? I mean, there's there's so many intricacies that go into kink, that go into a particular scene, which is, you know, what they call a play session in the kink world. Um, and there's so many questions that we need to ask before we just jump right in. And scenario two, we've seen this. We were watching a show on Showtime, I think, called Polyamory, but I also have a friend into this. Even something like a high protocol party, which I'll explain Mm -hmm. my terms, kind of means where whatever the partner dynamics, one of them's already been agreed they'll they'll like serve you dinner. Right. That's kind of like a high protocol. You come as a sub and you're you're part of a sub service crew. But those are not usually swinger based and actually involve almost almost no sex in the beginning versus I've also heard of parties where you can kind of like hook people up and then it's very much Dom sharing. So I guess Mm -hmm. it kind of covers the gamut. How do you, how do you typically advise when people come to you and say, Hey, I'm starting to think I want to be chained to the ceiling and fucked by multiple people. When I, when a client comes to me in session and says that, then Mostly, we'll do work around what makes this exciting, what are some safety things you need to think about, um, how can you get your needs met, how can you communicate what you're needing or wanting from that particular scene, um, and then how do we make it more fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's an interesting, you dive into almost the immediate safety, communication, how do I isolate the things I can control? about these. Yeah, and, and you know, oftentimes when clients come into sessions talking about kink in particular themes like this, there can be shame attached to it, right? Is this okay? Is this normal? Am I am I sick? Um, and that really goes back to kind of this traditional uh, pathology of kink in our profession, in psychology, unfortunately. Um, it goes back to the 1800s <laughs> where um, Kraft Ebbing said that this is devious behavior and it's highly unusual. And and what we found out recently was, um, you know, a Quebec researcher, Christian Joyal, uh, published research that says nearly half of us have sexual interests that are considered quote unquote devious. So it's a lot more common than we think. So it might so, be devious, um, but it ain't uncommon. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. And so I think a lot of people haven't really gotten that memo yet. Some of them have, of course, the ones that are having fun in it. <laughs> but some of them have these deep-seated shame pieces of it, you know, whether it's from religious background or, you know, societal backgrounds uh, that makes them feel deeply ashamed of their interests and desires. And so a lot of the work can be around um, shame reduction in that, in that and way. It, and it feels like, too, especially for someone wanting to be submitted, like that feeling of, oh, you want someone else to take control when in society you mm-hmm. want to be a strong and powerful independent person. It kind of has that negative connotation sort of shame to it, too. Sure. Well, and, and what we found also is that, you know, you, I mean, this is the one thing that the movies sometimes did get right is that whenever you're, you know, in control and have a lot of responsibility, quote unquote, in real life, you kind of just like to let go and have someone else take over in the bedroom. Um, and that can be very releasing. It can reduce anxiety. Um, you know, it's, actually significantly linked with higher levels of life satisfaction. I mean, there's so many positives to it, but again, it's just highly misunderstood uh, because of uh, previous old school psychologists and of course the media. Um, but the, the important part of that is that it actually is linked with higher satisfaction, not only in life, but your sex life and your relationships that leads to increased emotional connection between your relationships. Because again, this requires a lot of communication. It requires a lot of work between whomever is playing with you. Um, so it's, it's, it could be sexy fun, but it definitely can be a little bit of work too, to learn everything and to figure out how to get your needs met. Oh Absolutely. my God, it's a lot yeah. of work. It's so much work. Let's be clear. This is... And you're learning all the time, you know, when you think you like something and then it goes to a different level. Kink and- evolves. Yeah. It evolves. It, yeah. it Sometimes it leaves you sometimes. But the big thing you've actually hit on something we shouldn't we should note because all of us learned how to be kinky from someone who was is kinky is kind of it is there's more workshops in this than like how to buy a house. You'll be shocked if you can find the right <laughs> social network area there's a lot of opportunity and Mm -hmm. that's a great place to start as an outlet if you want to learn like some safety techniques for tying up rope why you should have some scissors nearby if you want to learn communication tactics so that's that's a good note one but note two is that this requires a lot of prep and safety Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely (laughs) safety is Yes, time time and energy and safety are super important concepts within this community uh, because there's a lot of danger that you can get yourself into uh, if you don't know what to look for. And, you know, oftentimes in the scenes, you have people that uh, a tight-knit community where they can kind of help you through um, the newbie process, right, and tell you who to avoid and who kind of gets into more trouble. Um <laughs> And that can be really helpful. Unfortunately, not everyone's online. And so you don't have those in-person events where you can go to workshops and learn everything. But, um, you know, surely that will come back at some point. Can you trust the person about to put handcuffs on you is the question you want to ask yourself right before. Very important question. Yes. I want to hit around some different types of topics to give people an idea what we mean when we say kink parties. So people have gotten to hear at least a little bit from from all female play parties that kind of had a kink element 
uh, to being furniture at parties, which was cleverly called a furniture party, um, <laughs> to high protocol parties. Give us some vastness. What kind of things have you heard out there um, that I'm missing in some of the, the overall ones? I think you touched on the major ones. I mean, there's all kinds of creative ways these, this community comes up with um, comes up with parties to have fun. Right. Uh, there's really big scale conferences um, and here in Denver. They have Thunder in the Mountains. Sadly, it was canceled this year, but Thunder in the Mountains is a wonderful conference that people come in from all over the country and maybe even sometimes the world to attend. And it's like almost a thousand kinksters and there's workshops during the day and then dungeon play parties at night. Um, and then in every major city, they have different groups and communities. Um, sometimes they have groups that are under 35, so uh, geared toward young adults. And then they have uh, groups TNG. that are geared toward education. You'll see TNG. Correct. is a, yes. it's called, It stands for the next generation. Ignore that condescending mm-hmm. and just go, yeah. it's TNG. Yeah. Well, and yeah, yeah. Back you're in, even hitting it. Austin, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, just to say, there's just so many different um, cool stuff to get involved in. This is this conference isn't going on anymore, but they used to have Octoroperfest back in Austin, which is a conference completely centered around rope and bondage um, and suspension. And so there's there's a party there's a party in a group for every interest it seems. People, furries, um, daddies, mm-hmm. LGs, um, moms and boys. It's now. Harder to find of varying degrees, pending where your interest goes. It, it can be a little bit. <laughs> we do. We understand. This is a luxury of a city. There's some certain things because because sure. kink. I, I think kink is the hardest group sex scenario to to make specific and broad enough for people to to arrive. Um, I don't know if that's professionally backed up, but you're hitting some big things, which are like <laughs> these workshops. The places for people to go and we always start with one of those communication pieces with just yourself and your partner so for something kinky is this an advice where it's like well explore what it looks like on the internet explore it pornographically communicate like how do you give people that advice if they're not quite prepared to call you and they're not quite prepared to talk to someone in the professional Mm -hmm. realm how can someone kind of access some baseline info yeah, so there's really some wonderful books out there. The most old school classic book is uh, Screw the Roses, Send Me the Thorns. That's the <laughs> book that was written in the 70s. I've never <laughs> heard of that. So I think that's going to be on our list. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it's an old school book. It's kind of cool. It's like, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, and then there's a book by Jay Wiseman that's called SM101. It's pretty much focused on the safety of kink and and how to go about it in a safe way from how to think, you know, how long to tie someone up for before you cut off the blood and maybe lose, lose a finger. Like we said, um, it requires work, research, yeah. some studying. That's a great before call someone out. passes out. Yeah. Too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like there's, you know, people can engage in breath play. And so that can require a lot of education, a lot of work to understand what that means. And, Bre- breath and play is probably com- a little bit. Commonly referred to as choking, if you're not familiar. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote an article in Playboy a couple of years about it. And, 
you know, my advice was if you, if you're not a medical professional, probably don't do it because it's very dangerous. Um, you really need to know what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that those more edgy activities is kind of called edge play. Uh, that requires kind of advanced knowledge and you don't want to walk into that for the first time or the first time trying out kink, have some of those elements in your theme, in your play session. Um, but as far as, you know, someone just starting out, you know, there's the book called The Ultimate Guide to Kink. There's other books I just mentioned. Um, Fet Life is kind of the fa- Facebook for kinksters. Sometimes there's information and education on there. Um, and there's like kink worksheets and kink negotiation um worksheets that you can pick up just to figure out how to have those conversations with your partner and how to negotiate and figure out what you want to do first um, and what feels comfortable, what's, you know, green, hell yes, yellow, I'm unsure, or red, that's called a hard limit. So there's a lot of different things out there that even are on the internet that are for free that you could probably find. Um, So, yeah, I think that if you, if you, you know, if you, person or a couple or a group is looking to try it out there's a bunch of free resources and i think the main piece of it is just to do your homework like you said can i ask kind of a sensitive follow-up sure for people maybe grappling with the next chapter of this where i know all about this but i'm starting to worry that maybe my sexual fantasies are bordering on something problematic Hmm. when do you think like when do because my advice any at all times is to go to someone like you right go to a therapist Mm -hmm. go talk to a professional when do you give people or when in your mind and I don't know exactly how to phrase it when should someone be like oh this is a wake-up call or is there right like I don't I don't know exactly what what that looks like sure I mean so there's a couple of things to that um you know there's this saying that you know you're having too much sex if your therapist isn't having as much sex as what you're having <laughs> the same thing kind of goes for kink um if your therapist is not kink knowledgeable or trained then they might think that there's problems and issues with that type of relationship especially oh, if that's it's fascinating. a 24-7 relationship so it's not mm-hmm. even as simple as just looking for help it's looking for the, the right, right help, help as yeah. well yeah, yeah. Therapist bias and ignorance and lack of training is super harmful to clients, and it's it's been linked to depression and um, and they you know clients and patients will not seek help because of their because they're afraid of being pathologized and discriminated against. I think one of the surveys I saw by the National Coalition of Sexual Freedom said that almost fifty percent of BDSM Practitioners and kinksters reported that they were discriminated against by a doctor or a therapist. Um, so it's super common. So I think that there's there's that piece. Um, but I think that mainly whenever someone has that fear that this has gone too far, um, a lot of the time it's, it's it's just internalized shame. There is some time where sometimes where they maybe haven't done their homework and they might be harming their partner because they're not communicating, they're not negotiating, they're not gaining consent before playing, um, and they don't know what that looks like or how to go about that process. And so that can be a significant issue. Um, And then, of course, you know, if you're getting into some of the more edge play activities, you really want to make sure you know what you're doing and, and have all of the safety protocols set up. 
Um, but I think it really has to do with, you know, are both parties consenting to it and having fun with it um, or getting some kind of benefit out of it? Because it's, sometimes it's not always fun. Sometimes it's, you know, it's an emotional release. It's, there's some kind of benefit in it for both people. You certainly hear that about kink too. It can be bad. It can be emotional in the other way in the, okay. And that's where communication and boundaries become so important because you want to be able to Uh end a kink scene. And that's exactly how we call it. We call them scenes. It's you want to be able to end it safely. If, Uh if for some reason it triggers a bad emotional reaction, which absolutely doesn't benefit you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you know, I've, they're definitely encountering clients that, you know, maybe haven't stopped when their safe word is called. So if they call their safe word or say red and they keep going, then that could be very harmful. Um, and so figuring out what happened there and is this something that's reoccurring and what what makes this um, what makes it hard to stop? What is that about? So there can be a lot of exploration and in those kinds of issues. Absolutely. Well, Heather, you are a gem. We can only (laughs) steal your time for so long, but we cannot tell you how much we appreciate the conversation and kink and and highlighting. You know, it's a scary topic. It's a fun topic once you start to dive into it, right? As, As things that are scary and fun often are. They're closer together. Where can people fo- exactly? <laughs> yeah. Where can people follow your work and and check out more if they're looking to follow more of Heather McPherson? Yeah, so Respark Therapy is at respark dot co, and that's like the spark of lightning with the R E in front of it, Respark. Uh, and then sexualhealthalliance dot com. That's the organization that provides training, much needed training to mental health and medical professionals in all issues of sexuality. Uh, and we have a year-long certification coming out that's uh, over 60 hours of open poly relationship training for providers um, that's starting next month. And so that's a, that's a significant resource to people. And, uh, and then practiceoutsidethelines.com is a new podcast I'm watching that I talked about earlier. So I'm excited for that too. Practice Outside the Lines, the Sexual Health Alliance. She is Heather. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. This is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for having me.